Welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. I'm James. And I'm so hot right now. On this week's episode, we have Pat Whalen, who is the executive producer of Forgotten Entertainment and co-host of yet another MCU podcast. We talked to, uh, to him about all things Marvel and where he thinks the MCU will be in the next 10 years. Yep, we do indeed. It's a great episode. But before we get into it, we just want to say a big thank you again to everyone that does listen to our show or watches our show on YouTube. We appreciate your support. Keep liking the posts that we share across all the socials. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. We're even on TikTok, Matt, um, doing silly videos from time to time. Um, but Desperate yeah, for likes. Bring them on. We'll take them. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome you to This Week in Metropolis. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. We are pleased this week to be joined by the executive producer of Forgotten Entertainment and one of the co-hosts of yet another MCU podcast, Patrick Whalen. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've followed your show for quite some time now, and um, I didn't actually know until me and Matt started researching to find out a little bit about more a bit more about you, so it makes us look a bit more professional. Um, I didn't realise that it was part of a, a bigger thing, i.e. Forgotten Entertainment. Um, for our listeners and our viewers, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about everything that you're involved in yeah no i'm happy to so um as you guys said my name is pat whalen uh i am the co-host of yet another mcu podcast which i'll get to in a sec and uh forgotten the executive producer forgotten entertainment uh myself and my two executive producers co-founders uh, whatever you want to call us we've been creating uh media for you know over a decade together starting first in the web series world and then seeing an opportunity on the podcast space. So we they were making a couple different podcasts themselves, one being Forgotten Cinema, our, our flagship show and where the name comes from, which is all about movies that you just don't talk about or see anymore because everything's so intentional now with Netflix and, and Hulu and whatever streaming service you have or decide to use. Um, and so, you know, we were piecing together these shows and we thought, let's just put them under one banner. It'll help us. You know, logistically and not to get too in the weeds, but legally too, in case we were able to bring on some sponsors. And as we've been going through, we, we've brought on a few new shows. So we've expanded the yet another line of mm -hmm. um, content, one uh, being Star Wars. And next, we, we took a weird turn into DC with the DC animated movies. So the recent canon of uh, the animated films, not quite the, the Bruce Tim ones, but the, the new era of them. And We've growing, we've been growing since. So it's been nice to have, you know, a nice network of folks that we could talk to, inspire each other, and continue to grow with while, you know, doing our own shows. Awesome. And can I just say as well, the content after watching a few of your videos on, on YouTube, the content is so cool. Like, I don't know what background you guys are from. I don't know whether, for yeah. example, me, me and Matt, you know, I have not got a clue when it comes to editing all the stuff. Matt does all that together um, for us. But the, the content that you guys put out is really cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and that goes back to the web series side of things. Is we're, we're video first guys always. Mm. 
um, you know, we, we joke, we got the face made for podcasts uh, and that's why the videos <laughs> never took off. Um, but yeah, so the, the videos were a great way to kind of differentiate ourselves. And what I like about, and, and what my goal is with some of the, the uh, get another MCU videos that we make is to be a little bit more informative than speculative. So I want people to come away from those videos, you know, knowing a little bit more about the behind the scenes making of them, knowing a little bit more about the comic book origins of of certain characters or, or shows or, or whatever have you, instead of just me saying, hey, this is what could possibly happen um, in the future. So that was that was our goal. And as far as, you know, the, the filming of it, I do it on my iPhone in <laughs> this, you know, office bedroom studio thing I have right here with a green screen I bought off of Amazon um, and just lock the door and, and get to it. And so it's, I'm nowhere near an expert either. So that's, uh, that's my simple tip right there. With the, um, you know, James saying it's uh, informative and, and you saying the, uh, sort of the, the, the desire to educate and sort of have a foundation for it. Is that from your own personal knowledge or is there a lot of research that goes into each episode that you put together? A little bit of both. Like I know for the most part, the ironically enough, I'm a, I was a DC guy growing up. Um, they just, Marvel just happens to have a more consistent movie universe, especially recently. So, and I, I knew those for a long time and I read a lot of the comics. So, you know, I know the comics as a, as a starting base is a good foundation. And then where there are some holes, go do the research and make sure I'm getting what I can right. Cool. So with with the different shows, is it just the MCU one that you're co-hosting on or do you dip into the other ones as well? Uh, so I, right now, just co-hosting the MCU one, uh, which is on a sort of hiatus. Uh, we had mm. technically ended it as like a series finale with Far From Home thinking, you know, we'll never catch up to phase four and whatever, you know, happens afterwards. <laughs> They keep pumping out content, so we're yeah. finding new ways to make something. Um, no, so I haven't guessed it on uh, DC. We'd love to. Um, you know, we talk to the guys all the time, and then uh, I help help out making videos. We have one uh, called On the QT, which is all about the films of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I'm more of a behind the scenes producer, a little lax lately, um, but uh, they have ten guests or nine guests because it's nine movies. Of Tarantino, so they have nine, one guest for each uh, episode, and each episode tracks with one of the movies of the show about Tarantino's career. So, in terms of like, one thing, sorry to jump in the talk, right. playing James, with um, you mentioning movies, so one thing that we, we had interaction with recently, sort of Marvel related, was Black Widow. Um, sort of, and uh, certainly my personal uh, opinion of it was uh, uh, to be honest to be fair i went into that film not with, with low expectations i think it is you know it wasn't a, a, a film that i was desperate to see and i watched it and i felt like it was a um very much a movie of two halves it sort of started as a real surprise a much darker um, sort of theme and was actually quite buying into it and then it went on this strange um, sort of tangent or well, not really a ta tangent's the wrong word but sort of suddenly became a, a slightly jokey sort of you know film which was quite disappointing which what were your thoughts 
Exact same thing. Um, Almost word for word is uh, Mike and I talk, Mike being my co-host for, uh, you know, the MCU. uh, We talked about this the other day. Um, The first, I guess, maybe hour, hour 15 of a, where it starts off like this Jason Bourne, like thriller mixed Mm -hmm. with the Americans, which I love the Americans. And then maybe it was from the prison break onward where it becomes Mm -hmm. like this sloppy comedy of, of errors almost that, yeah. yeah, like you said, two halves. It just the, the second half does not track with what we got in the first yeah. half. It was the first, the part for me, and it was almost like the line was drawn when they take the helicopter and they get in the helicopter and they're in their combat gear and everything's like you know, you're still following the suit. And then the next scene, they've clearly had their hair done. You know, they, they <laughs> they've come out in the salon, they've got matching white suits on. And you just think, what what's just happened? Like, where, where are we now? And it's you know, and he's joking around in the prison doing arm wrestling. Like, oh my God, yeah, it's very bizarre, very disappointing. It, 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 it also sounds. I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I will watch it. Um, but it also sounds very unlike Marvel as well. I mean, I was quite critical of of Endgame as much as I loved it. I was quite critical because I felt the jokes in there weren't necessary, especially after everything that had happened in Infinity War. It kind of, the tone was already set. You didn't need to start throwing in gags, you know, for the for the kind of feel of that movie, um, which they do in certain films. Um, but from, from what Matt was telling me and from the messages that, that we were exchanging, and it sounds like both both of you guys felt the same on that, it just felt very unmarvel to, to do that. It sounded almost, I don't, say, I don't I don't want to say because I know you're a fan, but it sounds like something DC would do, try and kind of, I don't know, not connect it all. I think the individual components are very Marvel. Like the beginning, the tone in the beginning one was very Marvel in the sense of almost like parts of Civil War and, and that, which were very, very dark with like Tony Stark losing his parents and the mm. relationship or the, like the you know connection that Bucky had to all these different things and that. And then equally, in the last half was, you know, probably on the par with what you used to say in Endgame of like um, Thor, like, you know, where he's fat and, you know, <laughs> that sort of, sort of humour. But it was, I, I just wonder that, and I don't know whether it's the case, was it to do with um, sort of, you know, the pandemic and the way the production was disrupted or was it, you know, it, is there... I, I, I don't know whether that was their intention to make a movie like that, or was there some outside factor that sort of influenced the, or sort of disrupted the production? But you just don't know, do you? I know the writer, I believe the writer was Thor Ragnarok. He was the writer behind Thor Ragnarok as well. So you feel a little of that, that jokiness yeah. that, you know, we're... Personally, I'm not a huge fan of Ragnarok. I think a lot of the moments, the important character-driven moments, get undercut by a dodgeball to the face. Um, <laughs> and I like I felt like that was like we're saying that that was the back half of this movie. Yeah. Where any time they had a chance for for something important. And don't get me wrong, I don't I don't mind the jokes. The jokes are good. I think when delivered well, and especially across some of the other Marvel films, they, they work. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they I think they go a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I mean I'm I'm a terrible for this with finding out spoilers on things and it doesn't doesn't tend to unless the film was like 
um, Infinity War, for example. If I'd known what was happening at the end, I would have been really gutted to know. But with Black Widow, again, I, I'm not kind of um, desperate to see it at all. Um, but where I found out kind of what happens towards the end, I think based on what's been happening in the um, Disney series that have been on, so uh, Captain um, Captain America, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, you know, with, with things like that and the, the Dark Avengers potentially forming um, or being formed, that's kind of interesting to see where that's going to gonna go. I, I don't know whether there's a different name for them or something like that, but um, I like the fact that there's something building in the background, almost, it's, it's you know it's happening, but it's kind of, it's not too kind of in your face. It's just like, we'll sprinkle that in at the end or in, in parts. And I think that could lead to some interesting things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it almost feels like we're going in two different directions. One, and that's appropriate for how Loki ended. Um, but, you know, we're going in this this multiverse stage on one side and then Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever that's we're calling Thunderbolts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, you know, you're building towards one with Hawkeye, Yelena, um, John Walker, I uh, couldn't remember his name. But, <laughs> um, building with him towards towards one side of it, and then you obviously have the the Loki, Doctor Strange stuff on the other side of it. And I, I don't know if they'll ever converge. Which and it, you know, do we then have to become fans of like the street heroes, or do we have to become fans of the space multiverse mm. heroes? Uh, so that'll be interesting. Are you looking forward to the um, the sort of uh, coming phase? Like, do, do, do you see some of the um, sort of, you know, elements of that and uh, are any you're quite excited about? Yeah, so I'm, the one I was actually most excited about um, coming up is going to be Hawkeye. Uh, I love the run that it's based on, the Matt Fraction comics, you know, anything that, that's been Hawkeye since then, I've, I've gotten and collected. Um, I really appreciate what they did with the character and then I like the Kate Bishop, who is, like, other Hawkeye or Lady Hawkeye or, or whatever they call her uh, because they're both called Hawkeye. Um, I like that she's coming in. I, you know, looking forward to Haley Steinfeld playing that character. And, you know, I'm really curious where they're going to go with it. And if, you know, is this the end for Jeremy Renner, um, which may be appropriate uh, given some of the stuff we found out about Jeremy Renner. But um, really, yeah, I don't know. I need to I think get on would... Google off the show. Yeah, I think he. I think there was some stuff going on with his wife or his partner um, that yeah. does not reflect well on him. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's unfortunate. And so, yeah, but that was the one I was looking forward to. And then when they drop in uh, Yelena showing up, potentially showing up in it, I think that'll be exciting um, going forward. And then, yeah, as far as movies go, I think Shang Chi looks awesome. Mm, it looks really, really, really good. Really so good. those are those are those the two for me. What, what, you mentioned Loki a minute ago. Have you finished Loki now? I have finished Loki, yeah. What, what were your thoughts? Because I've I finished it. Matt hasn't, but he doesn't mind us talking about it. So um, <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I, I felt there was one episode that really, I can't remember if it was the third or the fourth, which really for me kind of, I thought was a little bit cheesy and a little bit corny. Um, it, it kind of painted him. It was the one where he... he um, caught up with Sylvie um, mm. and, and then they were going off somewhere I can't remember where it was off to so that planet didn't they go to a moon or something like that yep. and um, 
yeah, for me, that episode, it felt a little cheesy, but I felt the disappointment that I had at the end of that was kind of almost answered in the following episode, which kind of made it redeem it in a, in a weird sort of way. But overall, for scenery, for story, for Tom Hiddleston was incredible in it. I thought, In fact, the whole cast, I thought, were incredible. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think... Um... Same episode, and I think if you watch those, if it was three and four, kind of as a mm. two-parter, it makes yeah. it a lot. It makes it more, you know, much more sense. And and it's, you know, a weird, um, you know, when they release them weekly, you know, it's it's a little frustrating that way. But if you binge the two, you don't even notice um, yeah. notice the separation there. But I I love the show. I agree, Tom. This was Tom Hiddleston's show. This you know, and he ran with it. Uh, he did an incredible job. The one frustration that I had, which is becoming more of a frustration with the, the MCU movies as a whole, is how much time they spent um, with He Who Remains in the final episode. Hmm. I, I wanted a little bit more time, you know, wrapping up Loki and Sylvie's character arc, season arc for the story yeah. before we get like a prologue to Phase Four or Ant Man or whatever, whatever that was a prologue for. I just wish we spent a little bit more time wrapping up some of those stories without teasing what comes next like it yeah. felt like 70 30 tease when it should be maybe 30 70 tease yeah and i also felt that with um that episode they to throw in he who remains the way they did mm-hmm. and, and don't get me wrong i thought um i can't remember his name something majors isn't it uh jonathan majors jonathan majors yeah. i thought he was brilliant don't get me wrong but it felt like it needed more. If you're going to have an episode with him, it felt like it needed, like you said, use an episode to, to wrap things up, even if you threw an, an extra episode in, um, to, to just kind of give a bit more context to it all, because it like it did feel like the ending was like, oh, is, is that it? I felt like, like you said, there, there was a lot more there. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, we're going to get a second season, um, which I wasn't expecting, to be honest. I didn't think many of these would go more than one season. Um, but I did feel like um, I, I completely agree with what you say there. Basically, yeah. I, again, Jonathan Majors did a great job. Uh, Tom Hiddleston was excellent. I, I always blank on her name, but the woman that plays Sylvie was was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it. Even if you tack on an extra like twenty five minutes to this episode, if you give, you know, somebody brought that up to me. It's like, oh, hey, Marvel did. You know, everybody complains that the Marvel endings are all the same now. It's, you know, hero versus carbon copy, but they finally gave you something different. Why are you complaining? I was like, well, I'm not complaining about like how they chose to end it. I'm complaining how they parsed out their time. And, and you know, I think, you know, whether it's Breaking Bad, The Wire, any of those like prestige shows, they can wrap up a character and season arc while still teasing the next year's storyline. I think that's, that's what made me struggle with the Loki season finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Did you enjoy um, Owen Wilson in it? I did, actually. At first, I was a little, like, put off by him. I felt like he was just another Owen Wilson character. But the more he played, <laughs> the more I actually liked him in it. And I, I, I hope that we see him more in the second mm. season. I, I agree. I felt, and I, me and Matt spoke about it several times, I felt Owen Wilson, I think, no matter what he's in, will always be the Owen Wilson yes. stereotypical character. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, this is Marley and me. This is Wedding Crashers. This is Marley all of, all of, all of them films. <laughs> it is. They, you just have them little moments about him, like where he, he, he just shows like a genuine softness to him. It's just like, 
I, I just love this guy. I don't know why, because really he he sticks out like a sore thumb in the in the MCU universe, <laughs> really. But he at the same time it just works in a weird way. I was going to say he's quite well cast for that character, though. I think they probably. Mm. You know the, the quirks and, and so on of that character are pretty much Owen Wilson, aren't they? So yeah. The other thing, uh, the story that I picked, I, I mentioned before, we were going to pick a story each that that um, kind of crops up, and I'll, and this probably wraps up our kind of um, superhero stuff for, for now because we have got something coming a bit later. But um, last week um, there was. A video released by Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if you've seen it, which is him yep. as Deadpool and um, Taika Waititi. 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 Him as Korg, um, and they were watching the trailer for um, Free Guy. And what were your thoughts on this? There's been a lot of rumours. Is this going to be him coming into the MCU and that universe? Yeah, I, you know what I saw it after the fact after like all the big news came out because to be completely honest i'm not totally interested in free guy like when it shows up on disney plus or hulu or wherever Wherever. it shows up like i'll watch it um and so it was like oh they're in this commercial together so i wasn't like i'm like oh okay fine i'll get to it i got to it later i um no i thought it was fun i thought it was a nice little tease between friends Mm. um definitely you know it shows the Disney Fox merger, you know, I think for one of the first times, really, they're acknowledging some of the the legacy Fox um, content, which is nice. Uh, I have no problem. I think Ryan Reynolds would be a great addition to the MCU. I think, you know, they have to tone Deadpool down a little bit, which everybody knows. Um, but he's, you know, this goes back to another comic with Hawkeye in it, but the Secret Avengers, which was a, a run that included Phil Coulson, as a character in it, uh, Nick Fury Jr., which is a version of Nick Fury, who's the son of Nick Fury, who looks like Samuel Jackson. So they're picking movies of Samuel. Yeah. Um, so I like. I would totally be interested in seeing like him run around maybe with those street level characters and have some fun with it. And you know, if we're gonna we're gonna do this for another ten years or even more, like let's start having you know some real fun with with some of those characters too, and and pop in some freshness on it so I, i'd be good with it i do think it'd be interesting though to be you know you saying them to toning it down a bit i think that uh, the only worry that i have in my mind is with something like um um venom like like mm-hmm. using that as a, a case study because uh, for me venom was another one of those films that was the the subject matter and to sort of the the bad guy Riz Ahmed was it the, mm. the bad guy in that when he was doing those experiments on on the people and like getting homeless people in there there's some really dark sort of like touches to it but then Tom Hardy's doing this weird slapstick thing like with with, yeah. with Venom and you just think what's going on here and even like the new trailer for the the, the second one it just left me cold it was just like a bit embarrassing so for me personally watching it it's like oh god what, what are you trying to do and i would hate for deadpool to end up like that it's like a, i don't know sort of like a, a diluted version that loses its identity in in some way yeah that's fair no that's a good that's yeah. definitely a, a a fair concern i think you're absolutely right about the new venom movie especially where it's I mean, Carnage is what? He's a serial killer. 
Well, isn't it mm. Cletus Cassidy was a serial killer and then you got Venom making breakfast and, you know, hucking it up in, in his kitchen. It's weird. But no, uh, I yeah. don't know. But it would be really interesting seeing how, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think what sort of, in a way, I think like with the, the Spider-Man movies, you know, they're very different movies. But I think they've got... Um, quite a carefree humor to them that is like in a way related to how Deadpool is if you if you know what I mean you, you there's that there's that sort of playful element to it and you can see like a connection in that sort of sense you know, not, uh, I'm I'm not an expert on the comics so I don't know how Deadpool appears or you know what sort of interaction he has with the other sort of um Marvel characters in the comics, but it would be interesting maybe if he did, you know, and they introduced him to another project. He comes in somewhere somehow. I think there was always the talk of potentially him, and if X Men carried on, obviously there was the whole him and Wolverine skits and things yeah. like that. But I, I don't know. I think that there's something as much as everyone would love to see all these characters come in from from the various different films i mean they all have their own kind of unique tones as well i mean mm. when you think about the netflix series of um oh luke God. cage and yeah um, cage and and obviously daredevil which was <clears throat> for me incredible yeah. i loved it i mean but again you couldn't get away with that tone of violence <clears throat> in the the mc universe of you know um like we saying, Spider-Man and mm. um, Iron Man and all of them. So I don't know if you if you take... The only way I think it could work, surely, would be the MCU guys going into the other ones to make them darker in a way and to make it a bit more gritty in that respect. Because I think taking the others out of what they do, it just kind of, like you say, it takes something away from what attracted you to it in the first place, which mm. for me was, you know, when I think to Daredevil, like Fisk um, as Kingpin, like that he was terrifying at times, you know, and some of the scenes where he's beating people up and it's, it's grim, do you know what I mean? But there's there's almost an element of, well, you don't get that in the kind of the, the MC universe that we're kind of watching every year with two or three films. You don't get that level. Um, and that's why I think there's there needs to be, I don't know, if you, if you bring one in, it needs to be done very carefully so you don't ruin what that character's bringing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that, um, to, for moving away from Marvel, actually, you, you mentioned some sort of very iconic TV series like The Wire and, and so on a moment ago. Was you a fan of The Sopranos? I have not seen, uh, I actually never seen The Sopranos. I've seen a couple okay. episodes here and there and never finished it. I get a ton of uh, slack for that. You know, how have you never done well, that? So don't we. worry up until yeah. last year <laughs> we were in exactly the same situation and um uh, a friend of uh, james's who's been on the show we we had this conversation and he was absolutely disgusted and um, that we hadn't seen it so he bought a season one each to to watch it um and i ended up binging all seven i think there's seven um, seasons of it but the, the reason I brought it up is recently there was a um, trailer for they're, they're doing a prequel to, mm. to The Sopranos um, and they have um, oh god what's his name James, James 
Gandalf is Gandalfini. His son, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's his son, which is yeah. uh, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. It's it's quite uncanny, and um, I think he's got he 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 doesn't look identical, but he's and if you've ever seen any of the Sopranos, that he Tony Sopranos' look, it's like this slightly dopey look, but you can tell he's thinking and that something's going through his head. And his son had exactly that same look, and I was getting quite um, getting sort of chills watching it. Being a, a fan of the series now and seeing like that these characters young and and so on, I think that'll be um, that'll be very interesting. So I'm, I'm normally quite doubtful when they try and it feels like a bit of a a, um, a cash grab, if you know what I mean. Do, mm-hmm. Doing a prequel, you think, oh come on, just let it. Let it be what it is, but I think this has got a bit of potential to it. I mean, I've so I haven't seen I've seen a handful of episodes, like a, a limited handful of episodes, but I know yeah. how it ends, and I don't think anybody on the planet doesn't know how it ends. Um, do you, you know think... how it ends, James? No, I don't. Uh, you you okay. didn't tell me. You didn't tell me, but you can tell. You can tell me. No, I think so. I will need you to watch seven <laughs> series. <laughs> no pressure. I'll just leave it super vague, but do you think that it like this this movie, you know, for somebody who's seen the show and, and loves the show, and obviously we've only gotten the, the trailer so far, which looks incredible. Yeah. Do you think this is a chance at redemption for that mm, that, uh, that ending? Yeah. Essentially, I know, and as Pat said, I think everyone probably knows. Do you want me to say Yeah, I'm happy to keep saying it? It ends literally just going to black. But there, there's a scene where like, all of this stuff has happened and it's this sort of rare moment where Tony and, and his wife and his son and, uh, are together sitting in this restaurant. It's one of their favourite restaurants and um, Meadow and the daughter is just coming through the door and you're hearing the bell of the door going and there's been a guy sort of hanging around in the restaurant and you think, well, what, what, what's he up to? And Tony sort of clocked him and... But literally, the the bell, the door of the bell goes, and it's just bang, and it goes to black, and that's, that's it. The end. That is literally the end of it. Wow! And it's that whole uh, earlier on in the show, because up until the point, um, a lot of sort of his um, peers have have been killed, um, but because there's like this big sort of turf war almost going on. And I think I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, some, someone says, or he says, when it's your time, you won't even know it. It's, it's, a, it's a phrase like that. So it suggests that maybe Tony's been assassinated, yeah. basically. And it suggests that maybe the, like the, a lot of that series you've already seen is possibly almost like a sort of a, a dream as such and there are all these sort of things but no one's I, I don't think anyone sort Different of confirmed or denied what it was yeah but it's but really disappointing if... having invested you know <laughs> god knows how many hours it's yeah just... you, you've not sold it to me this it yeah <laughs> but but this is this movie that's going to be a prequel from mm. him growing up yeah right okay I'm with you because he's they, they talk about the story actually in the series because his dad um, was a, a small-time crook, um, and sort of his uncle, uh, who is a big part of the show. His uncle is actually like the head of the family, 
um, throughout most of the Sopranos series, but he's getting old. So sort of like, even though he's the visual head, Tony's pretty much in charge. So it's it's the story of him as a, 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 like a teenager when he's first finding his feet in this world uh, as such, but watching, he spent all his youth, like all his like childhood years and that, watching his father do these awful things. And uh, mm. in the series, he's talking to his um, psychiatrist most of the time. So you can, you've heard about a lot of these stories and you've seen how his mother was involved with a lot of this stuff and how the uncle was involved in a lot of the stuff. So I, I think it's probably a lot of the stories you've already heard. You're now getting like a, a full visual treatment of, of these things that have shaped his life. Oh, yeah, it'll be, be interesting. It did make me though. I watched it that trailer and thought I might need to watch it again. Like the whole lot. Oh, the whole of Soprano, not the trailer. Yeah, no, no, oh no, god, no, no. Oh, a lot of the Sopranos. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's certain trailers that do that though. There's certain trailers that you watch and you go, I need to watch it again. That was just so much mm. to take in. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, so if you haven't watched Soprano, what what's kind of one of your top outside of the MCU, what's one of your go-tos for that you'd recommend to people? Uh, all-time go-tos, um, I can give you two. One, if you were a fan of that first hour of Black Widow, uh, The Americans, which is mm. about... Um, I've seen it. Two, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, uh, two uh, Russian spies live as American um, suburbanites, basically, raising two kids. So it's it's everything that happens in the first, like, 10 minutes of, of Black Widow, Yeah. this idea of this illegal program. So you, you follow them from, like, 81 to 87, um, you know, just as the, the, the wall is about to collapse and the Soviet Union comes down. So it is one of the most, uh, most uh, gripping shows I've ever seen. Um, Acting is uh, Carrie Russell's in it. Um, she's incredible. And then the second one would be, and this is an older one, but but similar on FX was The Shield, mm. um, which is um, yeah. based on the Rampart uh, cop mm. issue in LA in the 90s. Um, Michael Chiklis plays Vic Mackey as a corrupt cop who thinks he's doing good. It's just. Uh, I keep thinking I need to see that because I remember that was one of those series where I I probably saw a handful of them. And when I did see them, I was absolutely gripped and I was thinking, wow, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. Because it, again, in a way, uh, probably sort of akin to Sopranos with Tony Soprano, you related to him so much and there were so many life experiences that he had and you thought, wow, you know, I can really relate to that. But he was an absolute monster. And I remember getting that from the the main guy in that, you know, you know, he's a policeman, but the things he does like in, in it are terrible, aren't they? Yeah, the things he does, he has, you know, he has a wife, he has his, he has his three kids where it's, you know, you follow him and you feel for this guy who just wants to make a good life for them. But then when he like clocks into work, you're like, oh, oh, oh no, I don't feel for him anymore. Like no. you spend the whole series, like, do I want him to get or do, do I not want him to get caught? Which apparently is the theme for both of those shows. With the Americans, you want them to get caught because they're Russian spies. Yeah. And then you want, uh, in the, the S.H.I.E.L.D., you want these guys to get caught because they're uh, dirty cops. But then mm. you root for them the whole, the whole way through. So I don't know mm. what that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> now that I say all this out loud, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but funny you should say that. In the last podcast we did, which hasn't come out yet, it's coming out then on Wednesday. 
um, was a, a guy called Pietro who's a screenwriter and he did this thing with us it was like this little sort of test and he said think of he did it with movies but it will apply to this example think of five like movies or five series you really love um, and then he said the reason you really love them is there is an element to the main character that you can relate to and it relates to either your personality or your life experience and that is why you love it because a good screenplay it's not just a it's not what you experience in watching it but it's what you take home with you as well you know so it's it's those elements that you you do relate to and you then think about afterwards and you think oh wow you know i remember that situation or, or whatever so yeah it, it, it's it's all you um basically <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds very similar to um not not the actual i know you weren't a cop but um with you mentioned earlier breaking bad with with walt you know he's doing what he's doing for his family to try and kind of give i mean me and matt ripped breaking bad apart because neither matt gave up after what series was it series i it was i just yeah i just couldn't anymore but there, there was some beautiful moments in the beginning mm. when like he before he sort of finds himself and he's in that awful car and like he's got that dreadful life and he his wife pretty much you know hates him and you know and she's so awful to him and i, I just remember sitting there and thinking that poor guy you know, you know, I feel so sorry for you. I get why you're so upset about this. But the journey yeah. that he goes on, and then he yeah. becomes nasty, becomes you know the way he mm. treats everyone. It's just you, you, you have that, like you said, Pat earlier. It's that kind of you've got that feeling for him initially, but then it gets too out of hand that you then go, oh no. I mean, it does come full circle to some extent, mm. but. But yeah, did you um, like Breaking Bad? I did the same thing. I never finished it. I, you yeah, know, wow. I, I used it as an example because I knew like the first couple of seasons they they were able to wrap some stuff up. But yeah, I never I never finished it either. It was just one that everybody I feel like was. I feel like we've got it. a connection here now. This yeah. is really good. There's three of us no, in the world. Definitely good. I mean, it but, like it told good stories. I just never yeah. really cared as much as I, I think a lot of people did. Um, yeah. I, I, I felt, and we've, we've covered this so many times on this podcast, <laughs> that it felt like such hard work. I felt like I was really working for it. And, you know, there was, there was some great scenes, but so many people say, oh, no, you've got to persist with it. Like, you know, season four, season four is where it's happening. You're like, well, I, I don't want... I shouldn't need to get to... I don't want to watch another series just to... Mm. Uh, another season just to get to the good stuff i should have had that already but yeah i agree i agree caution people with the shield you got to get to episode six and like episode six is where it really turned from like traditional kind of cop show to what the shield ends up being but that's six episodes that's six episodes right we can handle (laughs) six hours i think we can get through six episodes exactly exactly is there anything that's caught your eye in, in mm. the past week or so, so whether it be TV or movies or, or anything. Yeah, I mean, what we've been watching now, and it's more of a rewatch, is uh, The Witcher. Uh, so really enjoying oh. that that series. I don't know if you guys have... Uh, no, I've never that watched one. that. I started it and I just couldn't get into it. But I've never, <laughs> I've never played it. I've never played the game. But yet again, we, we work with um, a colleague of ours who raves about it massively. Um, because she does find the main actor incredibly attractive. I think that's, <laughs> there is that's that. part of the buy-in of that there series. Is that. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why my girlfriend wants to do this rewatch. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's why you podcast. wanted to as well. <laughs> he looks like Henry Cavill. Uh, we're going to keep exactly. watching. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're redoing that. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get to it this weekend, mostly because I choose to refuse it exists. But if you guys saw Space Jam, and what I've you watched, well, the first Space Jam. See, that's the thing. I mean, I, I've watched um, my, my boys and my wife were watching um, Space Jam, and it, it was, um, from what I took in of it, it was okay, but it's not Michael Jordan. You know, it's it's not. It's not got Bill Murray in it. It's not Michael Jordan. It's not so many things. It's not got the nostalgia that the original Space Jam carries, but it's, I think everyone probably expected that really, didn't they? It's, you know. The one thing I was laughing at watching the the trailer and you know, again, same thing. I remember when the first Space Jam came out, I was, I don't know, nine or something at at the most. It was perfect timing for everything. And it was, we saw it, I probably saw it three or four times in the theater. Um, And it was so much fun. Saw it at a second run theater months later. Like this this is, it was just the movie you went to go see. Um, But I always find odd that, you know, I see the trailer for this, the Space Jam 2 movie with LeBron. He's trying to get his kid to play basketball and focus on basketball. First of all, those aren't his real kids. And they're doing the same thing that the first Space Jam movie did, which was recast the, you know, the main person's kids. Yeah, because Michael had two, you know, two boys that ended up playing college basketball, and then LeBron has Bronny Jr., who is like a, a stud college uh, high school basketball player that's going to go play in college. And it's like, I was this. We all know that this kid is like a real thing. Like his kid actually yeah. likes basketball, and now you're going to sell me this on top of all the other stuff that you're trying to sell me in this movie. You're going <laughs> to sell this this weird storyline that your his kid doesn't like to play basketball. It just, yeah, it's just such a bizarre. Such a bizarre yeah. thing that they do. The weirdest thing for me in the whole movie, though, is Don Cheadle. And I like Don <laughs> Cheadle. I think he's, he's, he's played so many cool parts. Um, but he plays this um, uh, eccentric sort of tech geek guy who has created this piece of software, um, but sort of exists in a virtual world as well. And he's got this weird... Um, uh, sort of AI robot thing that he talks to and that and it's just odd seeing him in that character he's really trying to make it work but it's sort of it's just not him do you know what I mean yeah, yeah he's, he's great at so many things but it's just not him it needs to be um, him in a big war that, machine so or... <laughs> well no he, he just needs to be more of a comic actor and he, he's been very funny in lots of films but he's just not right to do that sort of uh, zany sort of you know thing did did you did you see the um i think he even made a tweet about or came out with a statement about he got nominated for one of the best wasn't it supporting actors or something like that for his for his appearance in um um oh god it keeps escaping my mind what's it called falcon and the winter soldier yeah which 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 he was in for all of like three minutes i think and he got he got nominated Oh, don cheadle yeah. yeah, he yeah. was in Falcon the Wind. Well, that shows how much attention he was paying. Um, but yeah, he he was in there talking to um, Falcon. Um, and is that quite and, in the beginning? Yeah, it's when the, when he's passing on the shield, I think, and he's giving up the shield. Um, yes. Yeah. 
and he's he's there for like I say and three he minutes. Got, he got, got nominated. I don't think he won the award, did he? Amazing. I don't. I don't think the award. I think the awards happen in September now this year. Right. Okay. Uh, but he's he's in amongst the nominees. For yeah, he got nominated for it. Uh, yeah. Same thing. It was just bizarre to see. And he did tweet out. He's like, uh, to all the haters, I agree. To all my yeah. fans, thanks for it. Uh, to everybody <laughs> else, I'm in the same boat as you. I have no idea what this is for, but now I'm Emmy nominated. It's so okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, oh, yeah. he, he, that will now be on every film post and that he does <laughs> isn't it Emmy nominated <laughs> <laughs> well I said we were going to come back to MCU very briefly um, I say briefly it depends how long the answer is but it's time for another one of these question mark hello gentlemen thank you for having me back on my question for you and your guest tonight is in 10 years time what do you think the MCU will look like? Quite a big question, really. I think it's a good one. Um, but seeing as you're the uh, yet another MCU co-host, what are your Flash thoughts? Flash Marvel expert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, ooh, that's putting me on the spot. Um, that's that's a deep question. And I'm, I, you know, I don't know where it's going to be. I, I think that I, I always have the concern that they're oversaturating the market right now with, you know, eight TV shows coming out in the next, you know, including the last, you know, yeah. 12 months and like eight shows in 18 months, plus I think four or five movies in the same time frame. That's a lot of content to take in, um, you know, in the way that they're plugging along with some of these, which is pay attention to the show and then go watch the movie and you get a fuller experience. You know, is that going to alienate some of the regular fans? And I don't think it will. Uh, I think just the overabundance of content will start to drain on people a little bit, which is unfortunate because they do have a deep roster of, of good characters. And, mm. and, you know, characters like the X-Men, characters like the Fantastic Four will certainly revitalize interest back in in the the universe and the, in the franchises um where i have a little concern right now is just you know i think eternals is i like characters i thought the book uh, especially the neil gaiman one from well at this point now it's like 15 years ago but from 15 years ago it was a really great read but i think that's really gonna be like that'll be the 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 watershed moment to see how sustainable this is because that's a deep cut group of characters heavy concepts back from like the Jack Kirby days that if they could land that one to critical success and commercial success, I think they have a long runway ahead of them where they're going to be producing just as much, if not more content 10 years from now. But if it doesn't land quite so well, and, and even if Shang-Chi struggles beforehand, I think, you know, that's going to be a, a, a telling moment too, where they might want to dip back in the well, use the multiverse, theory that they put out there to, to maybe bring back an Iron Man, a Captain mm. America somehow and and use that to get some some butts in the seats. Um the, so Eter the Eternals that I'm I'm I can't remember where I saw it, but am I right in thinking I'm sure I saw someone tweet or post out that they're the ones potentially to save the multiverse as such. Yeah, I saw that tweet too. Like that's never been a big um comic book moment uh mm. this has been like the eternals were a long time coming for jack kirby he was always trying to tell these like epic kind of godlike mythology moments and he did it with thor 
Then he did it with the the fourth world. So Orion and Dark Side and Apocalypse and DC. And then he came back to Marvel and it was like, okay, I'll just do my own thing with these. They've never really gotten too involved in the multiverse, um, so to speak. They've been focused on their own little um, like subhuman type villains that they, they have to face. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with it. I would think that because they are new characters to the, the film universe, that they'll use the, the multiverse for some of the established ones. So Doctor Strange, Wanda, Loki, characters we already have an attachment with and we're willing to follow where we mm. go. I, I am interested where they go with the Eternals, just because, um, like I said, I like the characters. I, it's just going to be, it'll be interesting how they, you know, tell that story, especially it's, you know, to me, it felt like this really, the trailer looked like this really heady, like Cloud Atlas. I don't know if you guys remember the, the trailer for the movie Cloud Atlas with Tom Hanks, where it goes through like decades and centuries and they travel through and they're, they're meant to save time. Rings a bell. Yeah, it was a weird one that I don't think ever um, hit. But it, it's same thing. Like I just worry that like this one might be a little too heavy for um, some of your standard MCU audiences. Mm. Well, so that's my that. that's my saying. Like these two movies right now are like <laughs> we'll set the stage for the next decade, uh, which oh, is yeah. a tough burden for them. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I uh, controversially, I, I just think probably in ten years. I, I don't think it will be any, anything like what it is now and in, in terms of um, culturally significant. I, I think they've had a good run from like, if you think before sort of 2008, when it was 2008, Iron Man came out, wasn't it? Um, before that, you had Batman, which was, you know, successful and, and so on. But in the other films, they were sort of, you know almost gimmicky superhero movies were a bit gimmicky but then from Iron Man onwards they sort of struck gold and it, and it was very much part of you know, everyone identified with superheroes all of a sudden and all, all the um, you know the geeks said look we was right we were we doing this all these years and now everyone you know likes it and I think they've you know they've had like you know, 13 year run of that now and all of the recognisable characters now have been slowly sort of passed out. And is there, for me, and you know, I'm not a, you know, a huge, hugely knowledgeable about all the characters, but I don't see in this next phase strong, you know, equivalents to Iron Man or Thor or Captain America and these big iconic ones that are going to take it in that same direction and have these huge blockbuster movies. I think they're probably fortunate um, that Disney Plus is the success that it has been because they've now got a platform to have that free reign and create that universe and create what they want um, to a very high standard, and, and they do. But um, I guess in a way, for me being a Star Wars fan, it's a bit like Star Wars is now. I mean, Star Wars will never be what it was at a point in time. and it, It's still held in incredibly high regard and people like me absolutely adore it and there are you know newer fans that come along but it's still it's not niche Star Wars not niche but it's sort of you know not everyone likes Star Wars and not everyone identifies with the newer characters that are coming out but you get something like the Mandalorian that comes along that is really high quality and people enjoy but the average man or woman on the street probably wouldn't go out in their way to see it 
And, and I don't know, and again, this may be really controversial. I don't know how many kids like it, it will say, I really love, you know, whatever character it is and, and relate to them in the way that they have, you know, previous generations have grown up. Like I grew up with Luke Skywalker or Boba Fett and that. How many will grow up saying, I absolutely love whatever character? Apart from Grogu, you know, the, the, the child, everyone loves, you know, <laughs> Baby Yoda, don't know. But, but people will probably love something like Baby Yoda and have it on the T-shirt or whatever, but never mm. watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. They'll just have a plush toy from the Disney store because it's cute. We'll now appreciate the whole, you know, universe that Star Wars is in. Probably not. And, and you may get that. Same with Groot. Groot will be a, an iconic thing with like Guardians and that. that. That, I think, you know, still has potential. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just a cynic with, with this. Yeah. For me, uh, I agree with what both of you are saying, really. But I don't know about you guys, but I, after the after homecoming, it kind of felt like a big kind of like. Ooh, do you know what I mean? Like we've just gone through like ten odd years. Thank God I made it. You know, made, but but you felt like you made it to an end, didn't you? Yeah. And then and then yeah. it was very quickly. We now start the next phase, and it's kind of like. All, all <laughs> Guess what? That... You've got fifteen more films that you've yeah, got exactly. to keep up but, with. Yeah. But all, all of that kind of era, um, like you said, from from Iron Man, possibly even what was it, Incredible Hulk? Was that before Iron Man? It might have even been. Well, I think no, it was like a, a month later. So oh, right. yeah, so and Incredible Hulk in June or July, yeah. really. Um, which I still find hard to kind of connect with. Was that, that the Edward Norton one? Yeah, it was the Norton one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. which was yeah, okay film, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But it just didn't feel like it. Like when I think of the the MCU, yeah. that then phase one to three yeah. or whatever it was, it never felt like it fit in there as such. But that's just me. But yeah, it felt no, like we'd gone on such a long, you know, put in a lot of hours to, to see all these films and build that kind of connection and relationship with all the characters. And it was done so well. It always felt like the bar was set so high mm. that whatever comes next, you're always going, was it as good as. What's yeah, and, exactly and I think one thing I've said before is characters like Wanda and Vision, characters like Loki. I think it's good that they had series rather than a standalone film because mm. realistically, would I want to go and see one of them as much as I would have wanted to see Iron Man or Guardians? Probably no. not. Um, so I think it's clever what they've done, um, but it, again, it, it's kind of. It's kind of going, we've now got to do it all again as such. And and I will do it. That's the thing. I think all three of us probably, um, by the sound of it, will do it. Um, it's just, I don't know. And the other thing for me is it's so clearly mapped out where it's all going, where I think before we, we weren't as aware probably as no, where it evolved. You know, didn't now it? we know what's coming it. out in 2025. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's and not I think that like... goes back to what Pat was saying earlier in terms of like the, you know, you watch the end of the film or the end of the series and almost like you're trained now, like, like a, a performing seal to like wait for that credit scene thinking, oh, mm. there's going to be a credit scene. And then they're going to, they're going to, you know, throw me this this little nugget of of sort of you know what's going to happen next, and 
if you haven't seen that, then you don't know. I'm being James have a conversation all the time, isn't it? James is saying, yeah, well, that guy, that guy that appeared there in that sort of, you know, scene, that's supposed to be from this film and that's going to happen there. <laughs> I, I just find it alienating sometimes. So I just think, I can't keep up with this. You know, it's, it's, that's where you're out. Yeah, uh, you know, James, your point, like, you know, I, I wish it wasn't because of the reason behind it. Like, I, I wish COVID wasn't the driving factor to keep Black Widow out of the, the movie for the theaters for a year. Like, I wish, yeah. you know, COVID never happened, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm in a sense glad that they took a year off where, you know, there was yeah. no content where you can sit back for a year and not worry about. And again, I love this stuff about podcasts about this stuff we talk about those mm. big videos but don't don't get me wrong um but i was glad that there was a you know a little bit of a time between far from home and then wandavision where we got to sit yeah. back breathe for a second and then the way that i, I don't even i think captain oh, i'm sorry falcon and the winter soldier doing the same thing um, <laughs> i think falcon and winter soldier was initially supposed to be the first TV show, so it was right. supposed to be Black Widow, then Falcon, but because of the Black Widow tag at the end and what happens in in the Falcon show, they decided to shift it to Wanda, which I think you know felt a little bit better because when you start Wanda, it's a little bit more low key. Yeah, the stakes get a little bit bigger, but it's a little bit more low key, and you're even making a somewhat meta commentary about, hey, we're on TV now. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I. Again, I wish none of that happened. I'm just glad that we, you know, had that little bit of a break in between. Um, Agreed. Reader. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, there you go. That's that's our thoughts on um, the next ten yeah. years. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. More than welcome to come and come on again. Um, where can our listeners and our viewers find you, your show, your entertainment company? Yeah, you could um, find uh, um, find our entertainment company, ForgottenEntertainment.com. Uh, you'll see all of our shows on there, everything from yet another MCU podcast to Forgotten Cinema and any of the other ones that I mentioned today, plus a few more. Um, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter, mostly on Instagram. That's me um, just posting memes at this point and having some fun with the content. And uh, you can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are on YouTube with some of those videos that I talked about. Uh, you just have to search Forgotten Entertainment. We don't have the the handle just yet. So the more subscribers, the better. So I uh, appreciate that. Awesome. Well, if you're listening, if you're watching, go and subscribe to his channel. It is awesome. Um, but for now, we'll, oh, by the way, we'll put all the links in the description as well. So you will be able to find uh, the channels there. Um, but for now, Pat, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Don't forget, if you did enjoy it, please um, like, subscribe on whatever platform you're watching and listening on, because in that way you won't miss out on any future episodes we put out. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, give us a follow and uh, you'll be able to keep up to date with all of, uh, the latest uh, episodes and posts that we um, put out there. But thank you for uh, listening and watching. And we'll see you next episode.